by Ben SoundCloud. Introductory audio is provided by TED Talks. Enjoy the show. I'm a national program officer working in the public participation section within the democratization department. Um, I work in the women empowerment uh, portfolio. We mainly work with empowerment of women in decision making. And rightfully, as you said, uh, OSCE has created some mechanisms to enable women empowerment on central and uh, uh, local level. And um, our priorities are like changing as. Um, as the situation on the ground is more or less changing. And uh, so, yeah, basically this is it. And uh, I can tell you with what we work and how we do it. Mean, if you could also give a brief history of OSC in the region and Kosovo specifically, and when the gender quota system was first implemented. As far as I know, in the first elections, uh, uh, we have introduced the quota system of 30% for women. Mm-hmm elected in the parliaments. And uh, to be very frank, I'm not very sure whether this was an OSC initiative or not. Mm-hmm. I can like do um, uh, research on this, but it was, uh, I mean, solely OSC, but I know that many international organizations during that mm-hmm. time have contributed mm-hmm. to, to have this representation of 30%. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, it's from the 2001, I think, when the mm-hmm. first elections, parliamentary one took place. Mm-hmm. So this is basically it. For the region, I'm not very sure. I know that the OSC like, is um, engaged in, in promotion of, of women's rights and inclusion of quota, but not all the all the societies and countries in the region have this 30% quota system for women parliamentarians. And do you know if the one, the system in Kosovo is based off of any other systems that already existed in the region? Uh, No, because when we did like research on how this quota is impacting uh, women parliamentarians and their empowerment and stuff, Mm -hmm. we saw that uh, Kosovo is one of the best legislation when it comes to women empowerment, including this 30% system, because this system is uh, with a gender quota of 30%, but also like 30% in the political parties, plus it's the open system, mm-hmm. the open list. So uh, this kind of system mm-hmm. is not introduced anywhere in the mm-hmm. region. I don't know, maybe something changed recently, but I'm not very sure. Mm-hmm. I know that Kosovo is particular regarding this in this case. Mm-hmm. and. Um, 
one thing which I really think it's important to mention is because you probably know and you probably are going to write about it is this debate of quantity versus quality when you have quota and these kind of things. But one thing that we have been um, seeing how this quota is giving the results is that every year we have more and more women who are elected in the parliament with their own vote, Mm -hmm. meaning that more and more uh, people are now voting for women um, and they're getting into parliament not because there is a quota but because they're really getting the votes to get into the parliament. So uh, slowly but surely this quote, this quota, which we try to consider it as um, just temporary measure, is giving results because it's also not, it's my more my personal than <laughs> official opinion, it's not something that should be permanent there because that's why you have this um, temporary measures to empower and then probably feel like satisfied with the results mm-hmm. and it goes forward in that way. Okay, so you think eventually in the future um, that it will it won't be in legislation anymore because people will start voting for more women and it won't be needed? Uh, I think that this is a first step of um, introducing quota in legislative uh, world or like parliaments was a very useful step of empowering women, but it's only one like component Mm -hmm. because and it will take like a long time for women and men to vote for women because it's more of change of mentality and also Mm -hmm. empowerment of women in political parties which is another very important Mm -hmm. aspect and other thing but i think it's a good thing to have this quota and this quota as introduced in the parliament as i said are giving results i think also in other um in other aspects of society or other layers of society, quota systems should be introduced. Mm-hmm. We don't have quota in political parties, for example, mm-hmm. as far as I know. In the, in the, for example, in the presidency of political parties, there is no law that obliges you to have 30% or 40% or 50% quota. And I'm not for 30%, I would even go for 50% because it's a normal representation of ratio between men and women, more or less. Then maybe introducing of like positive measures for women in government also, because we don't have, like we have just few ministers mm-hmm. and, and also women in decision-making positions are less than men. And this is not only here, but everywhere in the world, mm-hmm. women leading corporations and stuff. So it's many things. It's like education and this and that, but also the opportunity of women to be elected in the, these positions. Mm-hmm. And quota gives you not maybe the most like sustainable or most liked tool to do it but it's a way to empower women in those so i think yeah Mm -hmm. we need them everywhere yes uh and once women are elected to a government position or in a party what are some of the obstacles they face in terms of within the party gaining a decision-making position um i um as far as we were working with parliamentarians and others we saw that um with uh, that the women are not do not possess resources as men to do campaigning, meaning that they don't have, like very simple things, they don't give them car, they don't have access to funding within the political parties as their male counterparts, men counterparts do in decision-making positions within parties. They don't get much coverage in media as men in political parties do. So uh, for this reason, uh, women, and traditionally, it is still not trusted that a woman can do a good job here. Mm-hmm. So, and like she's capable and stuff mm-hmm. in general. So uh, not um, all the people are really like, um, uh, not all people will vote women 
because of these reasons. So it's both. It's like obstacles within the parties and also the obstacles within the society itself. And what programs is OSU on in terms of empowerment in politics, but then also, like you said, in the society to increase, um, I guess, society's view of women? Mm-hmm. OSU is a very big organization. We have field presences also in other, um, besides Pristina here, you have come to HQ. We also have presences in all Kosovo, like regional centers and all offices in all municipalities. And we have different programs. You're talking now with me and from the democratization department. We mainly deal with women empowerment in decision making. I will tell you now a bit what we do more. I also know that, for example, human rights department deals more with the human rights aspect and more like women empowerment in general, not political empowerment. They work, and we also had some cooperation with them, like last year, on women's access to property, for example, raising awareness of women to right to their rights to property and inheritance. Then is um, the issue of gender-based violence, which we also try to kind of tackle, also through changes of legislation, which we can do with the Women's Caucus of the Assembly of Kosovo, but also implementation of certain policies on central and local level regarding this. But very important is raising an awareness of women on what constitutes violence and uh, how to report violence, as well as also the the problems with mechanisms to implement the the, the to implement um, to deal with the cases of gender-based violence, including the police and shelters and everybody. Sorry. So this is basically more or less. There are probably other programs, but this is like what I can recall now, like what we do and what I I I. Um, I think it's important, a lot of like raising awareness on many things uh, related to this topic. But um, the democratization department, public participation section, has been supporting from like many years now, since like 2008, first with the Women's Caucus of the Assembly of Kosovo has started, mm-hmm. even before that, 2006, I think. We helped to establish this cross party caucus. So um, it's been now which legislation? Four legislation or something. If you count, you will see that they, this caucus exists. It's a cross-party, all community, so basically all women who are in the assembly are there. And then it's from all also communities. And they are supposed to, and they do, uh, on occasions lobby for women representation in the, legislat- in the legislation process or legislative decision-making in the assembly. So basically whatever it's... Um, it's uh, connected to the oversight of the law, uh, giving a certain like provision, giving certain inputs to the change of legislation, overseeing of policies on governmental level when it comes to women empowerment, organization of public hearings, and all these mechanisms that are used in the assembly, basically. Following this model, which has been um, quite successful, uh, we have also uh, supported the establishment of the women's caucuses on local level. So in most of the municipalities, we also have supported this establishment mm-hmm. following the same model of the Assembly of Kosovo. One thing which I like really about local level is that beside the elected members of um, a certain municipality mm-hmm. for who people vote, you also have as members in most of the cases of these mechanisms also municipal officers for gender mm-hmm. equality, which are there okay. in every municipality, and also members of the civil society, mm-hmm. which makes them a really empowered group mm-hmm. if they want to do something. Mm-hmm. What is like uh, we have thematic things in which we support, uh, but uh, still 
you still need to see movements in um, their being more focused with their work and what they want to achieve and also improve central and local level cooperation with them between like women from here and from, mm -hmm. from the assembly of Kosovo and local level because they will get the information mm -hmm. on what needs to be done in the parliament and local level in that way would be like pushing agenda of what needs to be done for women in the mm -hmm. parliament. One big component of what we do, what we have recently started, even though we give a very strong component to inclusion of communities as an OSC mission in Kosovo, is that we have started this dialogue between uh, Pristina and Belgrade. And we organized a few meetings and we have now like concrete activities that we are doing with few prominent women, we call them. So women members of parliament, mostly of them, but then civil society, media, academia, um, presidency here, and also from Serbia, meeting and discussing various issues related to women empowerment. Mm -hmm. And then we have some like concrete activities as a dialogue academy mm -hmm. for young women organized for both society. So this is also one of the aspects that we are focusing on this region. And in the different um, trainings and workshops do you have, can you give an example of a type of training you might have for women in government and who would... Um, would you use experts to lead that, or how would that work? Because we have moved to basic capacity building trainings, to more coaching and mentoring, and giving the ownership to these groups. But if the new topic is introduced, and of course we don't have uh, knowledge on it, we would probably need trainings first for us, so we can closely follow the work, but also like having international experts, which we hire, and local ones who are knowledgeable in the Asian, who can train people, who can then do the training. We really use a lot this training of trainers methodology, but also we use the in-house training expertise if it's available. So whenever we have activities to organize trainings, we seek whether there is an in-house expertise for that, and if not, then we will just try to find somebody else. But as a mission director, as a mission, and I think as PPS also, we are more moving from this trainings and workshop and stuff, more to like coaching and mentoring and see how this strategically plan, how activities can be more um, sustainable. Mm -hmm. The mentoring and coaching, so do you pair like one mentor with one woman who's in a government position? How does the relationship work? This is like the new, this is actually a new methodology which we have introduced and I think should be working like this. For example, we now have a program of uh, young women. Um, they have been, because in 2015 we have organized a pilot or a first dialogue academy, as we call them, for young women from Pristina and Belgrade. So we had one 11 young, uh, 11 young women from Pristina and Belgrade going to Austria for 10 days to attend various trainings and, and, and uh, lectures on women empowerment, women in politics, and some other issues which are like important of, for women empowerment in the society. And then um, when they're back, now they're all amused of that, and they have their own network which they have created, and they're having their own activities. So one of the activities, to cut this short, is that we are having a mentorship program for them. They will be pairing with this prominent women which I tell you, okay. told you before. MPs, and then they will be spending uh, like two or three months with them, depending. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are actually now in the phase of development of this program, mm -hmm. so we don't know the okay. details yet. Uh, when we discuss with them what would they be more interested in, like shadowing mm -hmm. and taking part in many activities, mm -hmm. it's possible that the MPs are taking part, so they know more or less what their interest is and how they can be uh, empowered. And 
So I understand before working here, you worked in the um, Ministry of Culture, Youth and Sports. Yes. And what was that experience like for you working in the government as a woman? I was very young then, and for me, I didn't, I was not, like, very gender sensitive. I have to tell you the truth. I wouldn't, like, think all the aspects of, like, what I think now, today. But I think it was an interesting experience because I saw that me as a young woman it gave me opportunities to further like develop professionally and to see that I can also seek um, positions in other organizations and to do something which is valuable as my male colleagues would do. So it was an interesting experience for me. Uh, very hard to work in government in Kosovo also now, but also back then. Yeah, so basically this is it. Like. Um, it was. It was. It, it, it was. Uh, it's still hard also now because of all the nepotism and everything. So it's not like the work. Uh, it's being appreciated what you do, and you cannot feel. It's not like the people who are in decision making positions are the most professional always. So it's a bit hard to do that. This is my personal opinion. It's not the only yeah. thing, but uh, it was. Yeah, it was funny. It gave me a lot of opportunity to network and to meet people and just to see in which direction I'm interested to, to go and work. Do you think today um, young girls and young women think or have um, the education, women's roles, and think that, see themselves as being able to be in the government, or do you think there's still a lot of um, changes that take place in terms of the curriculum and what children are taught in school in terms of men and women's roles? Uh, there are many, okay, this is a more like, it's a complex question to answer because it, it has many aspects. In general, if you um, if you do the comparison, um, uh, people who finish high school and uh, faculties, uh, the ratio between men and women is becoming more and more even every day, which is, I think, a good thing. It's a trend which tells you that more and more women are educated, and in Kosovo there is no, like, a big gap. The only, just an example, if the if the families are poor and they, they live in the village, and if they have like um, many children, they have to choose between sending a boy or a girl to a school. They will choose a boy to send to a school. Oh, this is just for you to understand the concept and the, the the context actually and the cultural thing. But this is changing because um, girls here have been seen as somebody who just has to finish school and get married, not somebody who, who will have to go and work for the government. But this situation is changing rapidly, also here in like um, bigger cities, but also in the villages, especially with education. And uh, I think there have been introduced some uh, significant changes in curriculum regarding gender-sensitive language, the use of like these things, which I think it's a good step. I think that many other things need to be revised in curricula in school, mm -hmm. like history and all this how they're written women by women for women all these things so it, it has the impact to a certain extent in all i think it's a tra transitional period and you cannot like give an answer is it this or that because it's an ongoing process and it's something which is in making but i think it's in a good going into into the right direction so let us see and uh, you have many the issue with women working with government, still the problem is that they are not part in many decision-making positions. That's the most because if you have you have many people, women working like secretaries and doing this traditional women's job, 
or leading groups or whatever, but they're not like uh, heads of departments or deputy ministers, very few. Like comparing to men, very few. And uh, this needs to be in, like uh, made better. And one more thing, you probably read the law on gender equality, which says 50, at least 50% representation. It was 40%. It was never implemented. And now they have changed the law and they made it even 50, which is not being implemented mm-hmm. either. But it calls for 50% representation in all decision-making bodies uh, and the, the government and all the boards and everywhere in public sector and also private, which you can see is not then in line with the law on election, which is 30% and stuff. What do you think are some things that would make um, the gender quota stronger? So I know that a lot of people have told me the laws in Kosovo are really good, but it's implementation that's lacking. Um, does OSC have any initiatives or trying to advocate for implementing it in um, a more efficient way? Uh, OSC, all the activities that is doing, you, and especially, especially the democratization department and PPS activities, mm-hmm. Uh, they're based on certain legislation which is in place and helping the implementation of the same legislation. Mm-hmm. Not maybe directly, mm-hmm. but in the activities that you do, you help implementation of legislation. On the other mm-hmm. hand, um, is the government's responsibility really to push for the implementation of this legislation? Mm-hmm. And I think is the overall um, overall uh, situation in society not only regarding a women empowerment and the laws related to this field but in general laws are really good a lot of international presence here who gave us a really nice practice Mm -hmm. and a lot of study trips and this and that to really get good laws but implementation is really lacking now what why are the 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 case why is this the case it's probably more complex thing to, to kind of see, but I think it's lack of political will from the government and certain ministries to implement certain policies. Of course, it's also lack of resources, but um, you cannot always blame it on the lack of resources because especially here, resources are not used very efficiently, if you know what I mean in many things. So um, it's more lack of political will to, to implement it. And that's like a, a thing that needs to be changed within the political parties itself, which we really cannot like directly contribute to. Mm-hmm. Then, does OSC do any work um, with minority women in the government? Mm-hmm. Uh, might be lying if I don't know if they do like directly, but I know that human rights section probably had something because they have this human rights mm-hmm. aspect. Okay. Uh, I don't know if they do specifically with women from minorities, mm-hmm. but what, what I can say about the whole OSC, not trying to be diplomatic mm-hmm. here, but it is true that we try to engage women from all communities in all our activities. Mm-hmm. And also when we uh, work with women caucuses, as I told you, as mm-hmm. our mechanisms, or when we organize workshops, and, and this, we really try to give special focus to inclusion of women mm-hmm. from non-Albanian communities, mm-hmm. as we say here, mm-hmm. uh, because they're really underrepresented mm-hmm. and as a woman from any like from Albanian community, you're underrepresented and like discriminated. Mm-hmm. But if you're a woman, Serbian woman, or Roma women, mm-hmm. woman or mm-hmm. even, uh, you're then double or triple um, discriminated. So I think they're a very vulnerable group. We have some activities here and there for like mm-hmm. some trainings and stuff only for women. Mm-hmm. We work with with women caucuses on the north of Kosovo, mm-hmm. which is the. Um, the Serbian, predominantly Serbian population part there. 
but with our, our, our like uh, goal is not to segregate them mm-hmm. it's more like integrating and not mainly mm-hmm. Roma but mm-hmm. trying to bring them together and work together with them mm-hmm. in all process mm-hmm. this is and I know there's uh, a quota system for the minorities in the government related to like women minorities or anything or there's I don't think I'm not very sure but this is like correct answer I don't think that there is a specific quota for women from minorities mm-hmm. in the government or anywhere else okay. if there be I, I'm, I mean I would be very happy <laughs> because you know it would empower women mm-hmm. But it is the the quota for her. But this gender quota in the assembly it applies for women and minorities also. Okay. So mm-hmm. it has like the double mm-hmm. quota for women and minorities. Mm-hmm. And, um, focusing more on civil society and the work that they do in terms of women issues. Um, just civil society organizations work a lot on empowerment and politics, or they focus more on other empowerment issues. It depends really from the from the portfolio, from the, from what that uh, organizations do, because most of the women's, most of the organizations are for gender equality, which I think is the basis, and should be the basis, and few of them are working on political empowerment of women, which I don't think really that they are like two totally separated things, mm-hmm. because if you empower a woman within their community, they will probably feel empowered to also mm-hmm. get into like uh, politics or run for a mayor or do something within their own community because they will feel empowered. So there are like a lot of organizations probably heard about Kosovo Women's Network. Yes.